Well, today we're going to dig into the Word, and we're in a series uh, called Much More, and I really believe that is what is on God's heart and mind for 2022. So let's dig right into it, and we're going to start here in Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to look from verses 13. We see that uh, God had used Moses, one of the greatest leaders that ever lived, to deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. They are on their way to the promised land. And here in verse 13, we see that they hit a bit of a roadblock. And so God speaks to Moses, and Moses speaks to the people, and he says here in verse 13, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which we, he will accomplish for you today. Can you see the importance of when you're facing a challenge, you need to guard your heart from fear, and you need to speak out the word of God. Then he goes on and he says, For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you will hold your peace. And then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So isn't it incredible? Moses steps into his leadership. He speaks the word of God. He tells the people to keep their peace. And then God speaks to him and gives him direction and clarity. But let's have a look at a few things here just as encouragement. Firstly, if you look at the word Egyptians in the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word matzor. And listen to what it means. There, there are many different meanings. But the two I took out that really encouraged me was the word Egyptian means a sense of limitation or to feel under siege. It comes from the Hebrew root word, which actually means to be hemmed in or to be under distress. So literally Moses was declaring, you will no longer be hemmed in, you will no longer be distressed, you'll no longer be under siege, and then God says, move forward into what I have for you. And so I want to encourage you, the word forward means to pull out and to pull up. It means to set out or depart on a journey. It means to march onwards and move towards a particular mark or goal. So God is saying to you and I this year, we've got to leave what's hemmed us in. We've got to let go of the limitations and move forward into this much more place that he has for us. Now, we see an expression of this in Joshua 13 verse 1. Look what it says here. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. I really feel God is saying to you and I, and actually to the children of God around the world, there's still so much land for you and I to possess. So much territory that he still wants us to take in our personal lives and in the kingdom of God. And it's time to march forward. And we see this coming out in one of our text scriptures, Ephesians 3 and verses 20 and 21. Let's look at the NLT uh, second edition translation. It says in verse 20, Now all glory to God 
Who is able? Come on, just say that with me. Say, God is able. Through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Notice something powerful here. The more and the greater that God wants to do in our lives is according to the power that's working inside of us. Not according to our ability, not according to our circumstances, not according to our works, but according to the power working in us. Now, I've taught teachings on this, and I'm sure you've heard many yourself. What is this power that he's speaking about? What is the power that is working in us? Well, I always thought it was the Holy Spirit, and I really believe it is, but I think it's more to it than just the Holy Spirit. But let's look at that for a moment. So firstly, the power working in us is the power of the Holy Spirit. For when we experience the Holy Spirit, we will be filled with the fullness of God. Jesus said to his disciples when they asked him in Luke 11 to teach them how to pray, he taught them to be persevering in prayer. And then in verse 13, look what he says to them. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, listen to this, how much more will your heavenly Father not give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I want you to know the Holy Spirit is given to you and I by Jesus so that we can enter in to the more and the fullness of what he has for our lives. As a matter of fact, if you study the context here, Jesus was literally saying, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything that you need to move forward. In other words, what are you waiting for? Get started on your journey. That's amazing. But notice there's more. Paul didn't stop there. I believe the power that he's speaking about that should work in us is also the power of God's love working in us. You see, I see a lot of people boasting about how much they love God, but I think we should boast about how much God loves us. You know, when you know God loves you, when you've experienced the love of God, you know what happens? You can start to ask big and you can start to think big. And God will still exceed even that asking and that thinking. Because God becomes big in our lives when we know his love. He will give you not just exceedingly, but it says in verse 20, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Because his love is working in us, we become empowered to move forward into the much more that he has for us. In other words, we'll no longer feel hemmed in, but we'll move into a spacious area of fullness in our lives, where we'll have the liberty to make better decisions, where we'll have the freedom to assess what it is God wants us to be busy with. The third and final thing that I believe this verse 20 is speaking of is it speaking about the power working in the Word of God. So it's the power of the Holy Spirit, it's the power of His love, 
and it's the power of His Word. Think about it. We experience the Holy Spirit, and we come to know God's love in our lives through His Word, through studying the Bible and experiencing the life of Jesus jumping off the pages of the Word. So here's what we should do. Start defining what does your much more look like in 2022 by looking into the Word of God, which creates a vision in your life, which creates an energy in your life. And we'll see that in a few minutes. You see, I really believe that today we're going to study the power words of Scripture, the power words of the New Testament that the Holy Spirit literally will bring alive in His anointing that will help us to move forward in 2022. He has a prophetic encouragement. This is our season for arming ourselves, leaving the mediocrity behind, because Jesus is taking you forward into something new, something more for your life and for your family and for your church. Here we can't have a smallness of mind. We can't hold on to the stale things. So let's step into that new place in Jesus. So let's have a look at the power words of Scripture this morning together. The first power word I want us to look at is the Greek word koash. The Greek word koash. And, and the meaning of this word in English means to be firm. It means to have vigor. It means to have a force working for you. We could actually say it like this, I think would be the best way to describe it. It speaks about a capacity, a means, or an ability to produce something. It causes you and I to be fruitful and to have substance in our lives. We find the scripture beautifully explained in an Old Testament scripture, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18. Let's read it together. It says, and you shall remember the Lord your God because it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. That word power there is this Hebrew word translated in Greek as koash. It's a beautiful word that speaks about it's God who gives you the capacity, the ability, the resource to be able to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Now remember, God wants you and I to have the power, his power, to obtain wealth. Why does he want you to have wealth? So you can establish his covenant. In other words, so you can work with him, cooperate with him in the vision he has for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now generally, this word then would mean God gives you and I the talents, the ability, the capacity. Listen to this. Physically, mentally, and spiritually. In other words, depending on your personality, your gifting, your talent, your purpose, God has gifted and equipped you with the power to walk in that. So stop doubting yourself. Believe in yourself and become the best you that you can be. God working with us will cause us to enter in to the next level of means 
and endurance to be, to be able to obtain the wealth and resources we need to be a blessing and to increase in our lives. I want to remind you of something, though, as we trust God for this verse to work in our lives this year, is that when Moses was sharing this with the nation of Israel and the children of God, he was very strong in warning them not to take this success for granted, not to get into a place where they thought it was their power and their ability and that they didn't need God any longer. No, he wanted them to be humble And he wanted them to acknowledge that it was God's grace, God's mercy working in their lives that had prospered them. That is the joy of allowing God to do things in your life. The second power word we want to look at this morning is the word exousia. Exousia. This word means having not just the ability, but understanding the privilege that God has given you the competency, the freedom, and the mastery that comes out of his delegated authority in your life. In other words, when God has influenced our lives, when God has impacted our lives, what comes with that is an authority over the areas of our lives where God has called us. And we find this scripture explained, or this um, This power word explained in Mark 3, verse 14 and 15. Look what it says. Then he, Jesus, appointed the twelve, that's the first word, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. This This scripture is actually loaded with information. Firstly, notice it was Jesus who appointed them. That appointment comes with the delegated authority. Secondly, not only did he appoint them, it says he sent them. And remember, he didn't send them straight away. He trained them first. He mentored them, and he built character in them. And then he sent them to do something specific. And look, look what it says. He gave them the power. He gave them the exousia, the right to act. Now, this word is one of the four or five other power words that we find in the New Testament. The other words are dunamis, eskis, kratos, and koach, which we just looked at. So exousia is the delegated authority or right, listen to this, to use the other powers that God has given you in this earth to cause your life, your ministry, and your purpose To flourish. Not only has he empowered you, but he's empowered you to help others, and he's empowered you so that the church can be strong. We see delegated authority was given by Jesus to his disciples and therefore to you and I. And you know what? There's nowhere in Scripture where it says Jesus took back that delegated authority. That's why it's important for you to be within a local church ministry, within the function of a ministry that is sent out from a local church where they have recognized your gifting, where they have made you accountable, and where you are able to flourish and have yourself replenished again. Have a look at John 14 and verses 12 to 14. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me 
The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may also be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know the reality of this word? It tells you and I that powerless people and powerless, powerless things become powerful upon discovering the exousia, residence in the name of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, and in him sending and calling us to fulfill a purpose. The third power word we want to look at today is that word dunamis. Dunamis is the Greek word that means force. It means force both literally and figuratively. You know the word dunamis is the word we get our English word dynamite. In other words, it blows things up. It, it, it shakes things. It turns things into another form and it brings breakthrough. This includes specifically what we see in the book of Acts as the miraculous power of God bringing healing and deliverance and breakthrough. It's a sense of ability and abundance and might, the strength, to transform or change things that otherwise were not changeable. In many instances, it's referred to as the mighty, wonderful, working power of Jesus. We see this, uh, this word dunamis in Acts 4, verse 33, where it says, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Isn't that beautiful? How we see these power words are linked to grace. They link to who we are in Christ, who we are as the righteousness of God, we have that delegated authority, but we also have access to the dunamis power of God to change things. The dunamis power of Jesus resulted in and still results in dramatic transformation. You know what? Do you remember when Saul was persecuting the church and he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus where Jesus literally knocked him off his horse? He experienced the dunamis power of Jesus and it transformed his life from going in a direction to going in the opposite direction. I had the same thing happen in my life at the age of 19 when Jesus came into my life and he radically turned my life around from, from walking in absolute darkness to walking in his credible light and love. And it literally transformed me and those around me. And 37 years later, I'm still preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and experiencing transformation on an ongoing basis. This can and should be the norm for every spirit-filled, Bible-believing, devil-stomping believer in the church. We should be able to access and experience not just the supernatural, but also the spectacular when God chooses to do that. So let's not limit God in 2022. Let's trust him for that dunamis power. So the next power word we want to look at, the fourth one, 
is the word kratos. This word means dominion, or we could say it like this. It refers specifically to the strength, power, and ability to reign over things in authority. In other words, it's like a king reigning over his kingdom. It's like the mayor ruling over a municipality or a geographical area. It's like uh, a business owner reigning in his company. It's like a, a married couple reigning in their family. It's the power and the ability to run, govern, and look after things. And we find it here in 1 Timothy 6, verses 15 to 16, where it says, about Jesus, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable life, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. You see, God has the authority, the ability, the power to reign over the universe. And he delegated that reigning power to Jesus, and Jesus gave that reigning power to you and I within the sphere of what he's called us to do and gifted us to accomplish. That gives you and I confidence that whatever God has deposited in us, created us to be, we have the ability to rule and reign Accordingly, Now, here's what's interesting. This word is also used to describe Satan's power over death, but more predominantly, it's described as God's ruling power even over that. Let's have a look at an example of that in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power, the kratos of death, that is the devil. Look at verse 15. And to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Isn't that incredible? Although it describes the power Satan has in death, it shows us that Jesus stripped him of that power, removed that power from him, and has given it to you and I. And we do not any longer need to be ruled by the fear of death or the bondage that the enemy will try and bring against us. You know where this word is most beautifully explained in the New Testament? In Romans chapter 5, where it says that we reign in life through him. That word reign is the same word described there. In verse 17 it says, if, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more they that receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through that one, Jesus Christ. That word reign there has its foundation in the sovereignty of God's power that is delegated through Jesus Christ to you and I, given to us through our righteousness and the grace that gives us the ability to do what we couldn't do in our own strength. 
wow, we have been given all these incredible nuggets of power so that we can walk in the fullness of what God has for us in 2022. And then finally, the last power word we want to look at is energize. Energize. That is our English word energetic. All right. The best way to describe it would mean something that is at work, something that is active or operative. The opposite of this word is the word argos. Argos. And it actually means to be inactive, to be idle, or to have the inability to perform. God wants to give you and I the ability to perform, the ability to have this energy in our lives that makes us active, that makes us operative, and gives us the ability to be creative. Look at Hebrews 4 verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful. That is the word energize, the word energetic, operative, active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, when you allow the word of God to speak to you, to minister to you, when you see Jesus in the word of God, it creates an energy in your life that causes your life to be active and productive. So here's where all these words come together. You see, Paul said this, and I don't have the scripture up, but in Romans 1.16, he said, I am not ashamed of the power, the energy of God's word, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You see, there is a power in the gospel. So why should we keep relying on our own self-effort, on our own willpower? Let's take hold of God's fresh anointing on and for our lives, so that we can move forward. Look how Paul described this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. He says, for a great and effective door, there's that word again, that effective door has been opened to me, although and there are many adversaries. You see, sometimes people of faith think because God's promise, because God's said he's going to give us the power and the energy and the dunamis that will go without a struggle. No, there'll be adversaries this year. There'll be obstacles. There'll be things that will be thrown in our path. But here's the good news. God will open doors that no man can shut. God will open doors of effectiveness to you and I. So let's pray together for effective doors to be opened in our lives and that unproductive doors will be closed. You see, open doors speaks of you and I gaining new territories, receiving new ideas, finding new opportunities for business, for ministry, or to serve our community, stepping forward with strategies for work and for business. My prayer as your pastor this year is that God is going to open an effective door for you so that you can reach the more he has for you. We also see this word expressed in Philemon 1 verse 6. And this is what it says. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. There's the word energize again. By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you 
in Christ Jesus. You know what, church? God wants you this year to share your faith with other people at every opportunity. And you know what the sharing of your faith is connected to? Look what he says. The acknowledgement of every good thing in Christ Jesus. God has got so many good things in store for you and I in this year. And what we need to do is we need to make the decision to step into them and to use these power words as the Holy Spirit anoints us, as the Holy Spirit directs us to step into these open doors. And you know what? We're going to be effective in sharing our faith with those around us. Don't hold back. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. You are called and you are anointed for 2022. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the ministry of your word today. Thank you that our lives are completely different because of Jesus. We're uplifted. We're connected to the life source of the universe. And I thank you that you'll reveal Jesus to us in a whole new dimension this year. And that as we step into that, Lord, our hearts will burn within us and we'll begin to be energized to move out and be and do the things that you've called us to do. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. And Lord, if they're struggling in the area of sickness, I ask that you heal them. If they're struggling in an area of addiction, I ask that you deliver them. Father, if there's an area of their lives where they need wisdom, I pray you give them that wisdom this week today through the ministry of your word and the leadership of your Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I would love nothing more than to lead you in the prayer of salvation. If there's a tugging on your heart right now, all you need to do is simply pray this prayer and believe in your heart. Let's do that together. Say, Father God, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the Calvary cross for my sin, and that you raised him from the dead so that I could be saved. I receive and accept Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior, and I say thank you for saving me today. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. Would you simply send us a WhatsApp or an email? We'd get hold of you. We'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love to send you a booklet so that you can get strengthened in the Word. And if you have a prayer request or a testimony you want to share with us, please shoot us an email. We really would love to hear from you. Don't forget, if you're ever on the south coast of Durban in the Margate area, look us up and come join us for a service, 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock every single Sunday. Remember, children's church is open, but you must register your child before 12 o'clock each Friday. We're looking forward to seeing you soon. God bless you and have a powerful week in Jesus' name.